1: the shadow self, and personal work. In psychological terms, the shadow is those aspects of ourselves that we either are not aware of or refuse to acknowledge. We all have those parts of ourselves that we are not comfortable with. They can be those so-called negative attributes, such as excessive anger or procrastination, or personality traits, such as shyness. Whatever they are, they are often the parts of ourselves that we do not see. There are all kinds of reasons we don't want to turn around and face these parts of ourselves. We may have gotten messages when we were young that those parts of ourselves were bad or that we shouldn't think or act in certain ways that may have encouraged our denial. We may have learned through interactions with others that they won't like us if we display certain traits or that they hold us back from being successful in life in some way. Society in general, doesn't encourage the expression of these shadows. So we learn to lock those parts of ourselves down tightly or refuse to acknowledge they even exist. A part of the path is learning it is essential that all parts of ourselves become fully integrated into our beings so that we are healthy and more able to work intentionally with who we truly are. All the things we like and don't like are what make us human after all. It is important to remember that all of us have shadows of various sizes that follow us whether we choose to recognize them or not. Learning to live and work with personal shadows is always a long-term project. These shadows show up at unexpected times and may be of different sizes and shapes depending on the circumstances you are dealing with at the time. Your actual shadow varies in size and shape depending on the time of day and how much sunlight is available. They show up during the day, light, and may stay concealed in the evening, night. This analogy may help explain how our shadows seem so much larger and more intimidating when you focus on them directly, shining a light on them as it were. We all need to take the time to sit with ourselves, to learn about who we are. What were the messages we have received about various parts of ourselves, and how do we interpret them in the present? We have to accept that we are not perfect and never will be, and grow past refusing to see that the negatives won't hold us back from being who we are. Negatives just are. It is difficult to write about a shadow self without using words like negative, because that just reinforces all the stereotypes about these attributes and traits that we all have pieces of to varying degrees. Working to recognize that we can use these in our practice by freeing the energy we have been using all this time to block and repress can give us new strength to make the changes in our lives and grow as spiritual individuals. Shadow work is an advanced area of practice. It takes many of us years to learn to accept who we really are and get comfortable with all different parts of ourselves. Beginning to recognize that we all have shadows is the first step. If you wish, take the time to think about the whole concept of having a shadow self without judging recognize that everyone else has one as well and they are also working as hard as they can to conceal it from themselves and others around them. One of the first things we learned as we started shadow work was to consider flipping the script on some of these traits to look at them in different ways. For example, someone may have always been told as a child that they were stubborn, but this can be seen as persistence in not giving up on goals someone really wants to accomplish. Sometimes the biggest changes in ourselves occurs when we learn to recognize that the reality may be vastly different from the messages we internalize from outside sources. Good evening, Dave. How are you doing tonight? I'm well. How are you, Elizabeth? I'm hanging in there. And happy full moon. And happy full moon. I
0: know this airs a little bit later on. There's a little production delay, but tonight I am looking out at a beautiful, clear, full moon just coming up over the trees across uh, across the way from the window.
1: Well, you can't argue with that. Works out well, considering we're delving into one, another one of the darker topics, I guess some people would think, as we're well, dealing with our metaphysical kernels of thought, because we're going to talk about shadows.
0: But... I'm also going to say that as part of our discussion, you just sort of reinforced it where it doesn't necessarily need to be a darker thing. It's simply a less light thing. And that'll be the teaser for some of our discussions later.
1: I think so. <laughs> I mean, I like the idea that, that the shadow is things we don't see yet or don't acknowledge for some reason as well, a working definition for one or one.
0: That was the first thing that, cause I, I take little notes here so we'll have stuff to talk about and the first thing that I wrote down was the shadow essentially for, for people who have heard the term and talked about the term but not really gotten the essence of what it really means is those parts of ourselves that we are either A, not aware of or B, not Capable of accepting or acknowledging, so we refuse to or repress those aspects of ourselves.
1: Yeah, we seem to have all sorts of reasons for doing that. A lot of them seem to involve, for want of a better word, norms of behavior. Those well, we pick up when we're little kids, or as part of being at school, or on the job, or whatever, right. (laughs) do that or think like that or feel that way.
0: Well, yeah. And especially, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm sure that it's true for every generation and every generation probably thinks it's more true for their generation, but it's a case where, especially growing up, growing up in our wealth, Western culture, everything from, you know, big boys don't cry to good girls. Don't do those kind of things. Society Discourages us, discourages non norm or non usual behavior and society also encourages denial.
1: And
0: encourages us to say, no, that's not how I feel. I should feel this way because this is the way. I have heard enough of my family and my clergy and my teachers and whatnot say that this is what I should be feeling, so this is what I'm going to feel. And what we've just done there is is repressed or buried a feeling, and society, instead of being able to help us with that, has a tendency to encourage us to just bury those things deeper. Uh
1: So the shadows or our perceptions of those shadows get bigger. Right, right.
0: It's not that the characteristic that we're um, trying to discuss or work on has gotten any worse. But the more times we can refer to it as negative, the more times we can refer to it in a spooky voice or call it shadow work, we're just reinforcing and making what was simply a characteristic of ours into something more than it really is.
1: Mm -hmm. Or something negative or bad or useless. Right. And on the path, we're like, that's not how that works. You know, if we're expending all this energy to deny and block, and we can work on lessening the denial, how's that? Or unblocking some of that stuff. We get, for want of a better word, our personal energy back. So we increase our power and ability to be spiritual people.
0: That's, that's something that I was going to mention and, and just briefly bring up. I've, I've said this to people before, but over the course of the last couple of years, I finally found myself in a place where I've stopped trying to be this Dave for this person and this Dave for this person and this Dave for this person. And the moment that I stopped all those spinning plates and let them come crashing to the ground, the first thing I noticed was how much energy I had. <laughs> which told me that I had freed up so much energy that I was exhausting myself with trying to keep all of those facades and all of those plates spinning. So as a result of me taking care of some shadow work, all of a sudden I had ten times as much energy. I have considerably more compassion because after going through some shadow work of my own, I recognized that everyone literally everyone has a shadow it's just a question of how it looks to them it doesn't matter what your shadow looks like to anybody else but you
1: yeah exactly and they come in all shapes and sizes and you know what i we use the analogy of light and dark i think sometimes our shadows get even bigger in the dark because we imagine how big they are but in the light they can be all different shapes and sizes. It depends on are you facing it? Like, you know, how, how the sunlight, if you turn around your shadows there and you see it behind you, or if you're facing into the light, you're also blinded because then you don't see it at all.
0: And it's interesting that you bring that perception up that way, because if my back is to the sun, then I do see my shadow. It's mm-hmm. not be- it's not behind me. It's in front of me. Yeah. When I turn to face... The shadow is behind me. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Um, An interesting way to look at it, isn't
0: it? (laughs) in In a nutshell, I mean, what we're talking about with the whole denial and repression and everything else. Shadow work is its at its root is being able to put ourselves in a place where we can identify who we truly are. Mm-hmm. And That means all of the things, you know, I am compassionate, I am brave, I am sometimes violent, I am angry. So accept all of those characteristics and then look at which ones that you sort of feel like you would rather put some light into. And it's just about really at the end of the day to be shadow work is a form of self-healing. It's a way that we can identify where we could be a better human being while we're in this lap, and then we take some active steps to act on that, which here again gives us more power and more energy to be able to manifest more of the light and less of the shadow.
1: I think so. And I think, too, when you were talking about where you get to a point where you can identify all those pieces of yourself, I think that's one of the best definitions of that phrase, sit with yourself. Yeah, so that
0: has become one of the one of the frequent buzzwords, you know, along Mm -hmm. with, well, I needed to I needed to find space for this and I needed to take some time to sit with myself. So. Other than the obvious round chair that I use in the morning, and that's as far as I'll go with that pun, let me ask you, what exactly does it mean, sit with myself? I mean, how do I, if, if I'm listening to this podcast and I've heard other people talk about this thing, can you tell me what you mean when you say sit with myself?
1: Okay. To me, it means take some time to focus on what I need right this minute. And sometimes it's literally a minute because we both know how busy I am. But it's it's putting the focus on my own self and not everybody else. Kind of like staying in your lane. And remember how you said everybody has shadows and what's important is how my shadows look to me and not anybody else's. Right, it's kind of putting the focus on my own shit.
0: So, without, for
1: whatever reason,
0: so you could say this is this is almost well. Uh, just a, a follow-on question, but when I when I am being taught to sit with myself, is that something where I mean, do I need to meditate or do I need to be doing something specific to have myself? In a physical state, do I need to be in sacred space? You know, these are questions that I'm sure people are curious about.
1: Okay. I think this is where you take that moment and listen to that internal spark because it will tell you what you need. Maybe for something that's really deep and heavy, a giant shadow, for instance, or what you see as a giant shadow, maybe you need to create some sort of sacred space and ask for help from the energies that you practice with to look at it and give you the the i don't want to use the strength but the personal wherewithal to look at it for what it is
0: well and i i love the idea of being able to to go into that sacred space and know that i'm not alone i've actually asked for ancestors help or Mm -hmm. elemental help or something like that i can see that at least being a comforting thing that I'm not going to be rudderless.
1: Yeah, and and sometimes it just means turning off your phone for 10 minutes and thinking about something that's shadowy, for want of a better word, that pops into your head. You know, I don't think sometimes we get those thoughts for no reason.
0: Well, and a lot of time we're so busy thinking other things that my my whole thing with meditation is, yeah, just, just give your brain a break and listen to your
1: spirit. Mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest part of it, because that internal spark, for want of a better word, knows what we need to work on now or what we need to acknowledge. Or, as you said, we deny and we're putting all that energy. It knows where you're putting that energy.
0: Good point. Good point. Can, I like the way that you said that.
1: And it can give you the freedom, even if it's for five minutes. We are not saying you have to go up and, you know, meditate on a mountain somewhere or, you know, go on a spiritual retreat, although people do that. You have to figure out for you what sitting with yourself involves. And well, it's not something it's not a one and done thing either. I well think that's
0: it's- just it i mean i think in the case i mean use using myself as an example and and during the process of grieving for susie's passing um love you sweetheart always love to have you here um but what i think i did was a ton of shadow work scattered in moments over the period of six or eight months yeah. and so you could actually say that my grieving process was a form of shadow work or the adjustment process of uh, a service person coming back to the the states and that culture shock is going to create a moment of shadow work where we're sort of sitting with ourselves and and redefining and reunderstanding and sort of reinventorying all right exactly who is Dave and what do I love about Dave and what do I think I could love better about Dave?
1: There you go. Because one of the things we talk about is very often what creates shadows within ourselves is those messages that we've internalized over the years from wherever they came. Oh, yeah. I mean, think about it. Yeah,
0: I will will forever honor and love my father, but, oh, my God, did he install some garbage in my head and well, i think we can all get to a point in our lives where we understand that
1: mm-hmm. and that shadow work in itself because all of a sudden those messages get flipped in yeah. essence like we talk about in in the writing i'm gonna myself i was what was called stubborn all the time when i was a kid <laughs> my mother was convinced i was the stubbornest girl on the planet no 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 I not
0: Elizabeth
1: no because I wouldn't quit you know what I'm saying other people would have given up long since and gone home amen and that I you said, haven't
0: quit lady amen yeah. that you haven't quit
1: exactly I do not have quit in me and, and, but now I recognize that it's persistence yeah that doesn't yeah. mean I can't shift course and try something new we'll but s- I am no. going to persist on trying god damn it until I figure it out
0: Stubbornness, persistence, you know, um, trash and treasure. It's a matter of vocabulary at that point. It is a trait of yours that you will continue to carry through an effort till its end. Yes. And when you you define it that way, it actually sounds like a pretty positive and admirable quality to have. Yeah, for But when we were called stubborn brats when we were a kid, we yeah. internalized that uh-huh. stubborn is shadow stuff. Exactly. No, I'm a determined son of a gun, you, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah. and I'm going to keep finding solutions. It may not be the one that I started out thinking was the right one and persisted tra- trying to reach. But as I get older, my persistence says, okay, there's a problem that needs to be solved. And I need to look at multiple solutions and find the best one.
0: Yeah, yeah. And another part of the sit with myself is I know for me, even when I've intentionally tried to do shadow work, um, you'll go in to fix one problem and you realize that you fixed three or four other problems which needed to be fixed. But at the same time, all you did is dance around and never actually address what it was that I set out to to work on mm-hmm. um and that's something that I think just comes with with growth and experience to be able to recognize now let's let's stay on what we decided up there in the uh mundane realm was going to be the focus of today's deep dive into Dave.
1: Mm-hmm. And sometimes that works, and I think sometimes our are, are internal spark—it's like, oh, he's paying attention. Let me show him this this, and this. Sure, yeah, <laughs> you know, you means- used
0: a, you used a metaphor of sunshine um, with the shadow um, in the, the course of the reading. Could you give me more on that sun and shadow? Just because it seemed to be something that I would really be able to identify with.
1: Okay, we were talking about it before. If you're looking into the light, you have a shadow. If you're facing the sunny day or the lamp or whatever, you have a shadow, but it's behind you and you don't see it. Okay. And and when you turn around so that you're actually shining the light through you, you see your shadow. Okay. And you may not see it at nighttime, but it's still there. But the idea is your shadow differs depending on... Focus for want of a better word, or even what time of day it is. Well you know, that, that,
0: that that's what I was getting at is you had mentioned in the in the reading about time of day and how we we tend to label and think about shadow as being a static thing, but it's going to be different depending upon the time of day, the time of our monthly cycle, the time of our life, what we are going through. So all of our shadows are kind of moving
1: targets. I think so. And, and that gives, and when you think about it, that gives you the ultimate power over your shadow because you, you recognize that in a lot of ways we are choosing how big we make them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Or choosing to make the ones that we've carried around too big for too long, choosing to consciously make them smaller.
1: Mm hmm yes and, it, and by changing your focus and like i said it isn't until we turn away from facing into the light where everything is all wonderful and sunny and bright that we see our shadows
0: gotcha now i understand the metaphor better
1: yeah it kind of works <laughs> sure <laughs> it's, um, it's you to putting s- some of this stuff into words
0: you said something else in here um i i'm sorry did you did you want to cover that more or are we moving on to another so the next note that i have here is you make a statement and i i flippantly told you that i was going to argue this point with you uh, but what i want to do is just talk about it you you state at one point that we have to accept that well first off i'm known for saying this a lot as soon as someone says to me you have to do this I generally quit listening because I don't want someone to tell me what I have to do. I want someone to tell me what they have done and let me choose what is right for me. So I sort of bridle a little bit at the have to. But to continue with the sentence, we have to accept that we are not perfect and never will be. I know exactly what you are saying in the context of this reading, and I believe it. At the same time, I disagree. I believe that I am, in fact, perfect. It is my behaviors, and my behaviors being a result of my environment and growing up and experience. But it is my behaviors that are imperfect, and it is my carbon unit with its ailments That is imperfect, but my imminent spark of the divine cannot be anything but perfect, at least the way I see
1: it. Oh, I would agree. Okay. But what I am talking in that sense is the things you are talking about are behaviors. Right. Thinking that we have to be perfect to be okay. which is another one of those internal messages you get from all sorts of places.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, Starting in preschool. Yep.
1: Now, before we get to preschool, let's be honest about that one. Well, at least,
0: at least for me and, and, and being a, um, a smarter student and whatnot, when I was younger, mm -hmm. as soon as I learned that nothing less than 95 or a hundred was acceptable, Oh, please. That became without me realizing it a load that I would carry for the next forty years through my degrees and everything else and even even then i I got good grades, but I don't obsess about having to be one hundred percent correct anymore, and for me, being honest to everybody out there that has been some serious shadow work for me to accept that I'm not always going to nail it and be okay, that I'm always going to try my best.
1: Oh, yeah. That's, that's the different that's
0: message. Shadow, that's part of shadow work, you know? That's
1: the different message. You took that standard of perfection and internalized it so long ago, and it, it kept you put so much time and energy into never letting people know you didn't know something. Right. And when you realize, guess what? I'm human. And because I am human, my behaviors, my thoughts, my feelings, my body is not perfect. It does not we're discounting that internal spark of the divine. That's divine. That's perfect. Okay. I
0: just wanted to make that distinction. <laughs> David, damn, damn I am perfect. It's just if we ever go back to the outside,
1: ice, I'll make sure to stress that point. <laughs> but our basic humanness does not is not ever going to be perfect. We are never going to perceive it as perfect because we have all these shadow pieces that we wander around with.
0: Well, and and hopefully we would never perceive it that way because we never, at least from my point of view, we never need to stop or want to stop
1: learning. Yeah, exactly.
0: You know, my, my, my purpose during this life and this lap, however anybody out there looks at it, my purpose is to grow. My purpose is to learn. And my purpose is to share. And so, when I'm not doing those things anymore, what's the point?
1: Exactly. I would agree with that wholeheartedly. I think that's one of the reasons we're sitting here having these conversations and these digging deeper into why did you write it like that, and you know talking about the musts and and yeah, this week well, I hey, have to ten, it, that
0: ten years ago, I wouldn't even read half of the stuff that you were susie you and Susie were writing, <laughs> and now I Essentially live it, and <laughs> I, I will admit here and now that I live better now, other than missing Susie. I live better now than I ever did when I didn't want to read what you guys were talking about.
1: Well, I appreciate that we worked really hard to figure this stuff out over the years, you know endlessly discussing bits and pieces of it and refining how we think and believe and what we do as part of our you know as part of our practices and I get such a kick out of sitting here talking about this stuff because it's like, yeah, we distilled it down as much as we could to make it make sense to hopefully some people out there.
0: Well, but then you generalized it enough where anybody can grab bits and pieces from it and you left things like wealth and politics and gender the hell out of it because none of them have anything to do with our spirituality. Exactly. Thank you. Absolutely. And just a little teaser while we're off topic here for a minute. um, Elizabeth and I are kind of excited this week because we just finished the post-production process of putting the next book for The Path through Amazon this week. So we'll be getting our author's proof copies in a few days and uh, look forward to hearing more about the next book to come out about The Path.
1: Yeah, we're having fun with this, aren't we? Yeah, we are. <laughs> I have survived.
0: Another, yeah, you've got through another um, book process. This time I was a lot more involved with it. I have a lot more respect for the amount of time and amount of focus and amount of intensity it takes sometimes to be able to create something like this. But I'm yeah. proud, I'm proud as hell to be a part of it.
1: Well, thank you. I'm glad you were a part of it because I find I write better when I can. Have somebody else look at it and say, is this really what you meant to say here? Right, <laughs> right. <You know>? Yeah, <laughs> hey, hey, I, I think it helps, especially when we're talking about spirituality because spirituality is such an individual thing.
0: But You know, there, there was a discussion, I had a brief discussion today at work about spirituality is such a personal and individual and internal thing. And yet... The best way we learn more about our own internal spirituality is when we are talking to someone else about their own internal spirituality. It's as if we have to talk to other spirits to be able to help define who our spirit is.
1: I would agree with that completely the um, see, a, all another, those we had all those years in the background were there for a reason. Oh, yeah. Mm. Sue's, Sue's laughing at you right now. You do know that, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because
0: I would usually have my music on and have one headphone cracked just a little bit in case she called out to me. Uh-huh. And I would tune you guys out. Little did I know I wasn't tuning anything out. My brain, My brain was soaking it up like a sponge. I just didn't know any better.
1: Well, no, now you do, and you're enjoying it, so yeah, it's kind of the fun. next next
0: note I have here is the biggest changes, and I think this was in reference to the the shadow work that we do, the biggest changes that we are able to achieve with shadow work is forming our reality as being so much different from the one that we internalized. From outside sources.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I, I say that again, internalized from outside sources. Um, I, I am not to point a finger or blame or anything else, but collectively, my mother and my father and my school system and my town and my clergy and my everyone my chain of command everyone in my life but most significantly early on my my parents and my church and my schools
1: Mm
0: -hmm. gave me so much outside information that i internalized in some ways correctly and in some ways not correctly that I almost find that there's a balance between all of the, you know, we're always talking about balance. I think they taught me as many good things as they taught me things that later on were going to become shadow work. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I don't necessarily want to say that they intentionally taught me bad things, but they did teach me that big boys don't cry and, those kind of things, and, and so many of those outside sources that we didn't have the guidance as children, when we internalized them, we naturally internalized them. Um, for me, in particular, tones of voice, uh, but with certain emotions attached Mm -hmm. to these internalizations and so shadow work one by one or collectively or whatever the result from me has been more and more that my reality is much more in tune with who dave is today and my reality has come a long way different from what it was built up to be during those formative years
1: i would agree with that completely i think we all get For want of a better word, those mixed messages.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, technically our systems are brainwashing us, which is great, except for every good thing they teach us, they teach us some things that aren't necessarily going to benefit for us later in life and in some cases create the kind of trauma that ends up leading to shadow work. Sure.
1: Yeah, well, I think, too, one thing now that I'm older and have a better perspective on it, you were talking about parents and so on. And parents can only teach what they've learned. Yeah. You know what I'm saying?
0: Absolutely. They can only parent you in
1: the way they were parented unless they've done some work on themselves and recognized that that doesn't work.
0: The way I finally forgave my father for some things was when I was able to realize that when life handed him a multiple choice test Mm -hmm. and all he could see were answers C and D, the page was all blurry and wet or he hadn't discovered A and B yet. So he did the best he could of choosing between C and D, both of which were painful for me. But I forgave him because I realized that at that, moment in time, he didn't know about A and B and he did the best that he could.
1: Exactly. And I've
0: forgiven myself for some of the decisions that I've made in my own life because I can look back and say, for the information that I had available at the time, I I did the best thing that I could do at the time.
1: Exactly. And I think that's part of it. And when we recognize that Those messages don't match our present reality. That's when we really get into shadow work, I think, is the biggest one, is recognizing that the labels that we put on stuff may not quite be the right ones anymore.
0: Well, and I'm, I'm stunned now that I do the kind of work that I do. I'm stunned by the amount of people that are doing shadow work and they don't really even realize that that's what they're doing i mean i i i have a couple of friends that are going through some very 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 intense trauma right now and they're walking through it and they're learning from it and they're doing shadow work right and left they just don't necessarily see that for what they're doing because they're too busy trying to keep put one foot in front of the other
1: yeah I don't think sometimes, too, that we necessarily have to have a focus on channel work.
0: Yeah, well, and that's exactly what I'm saying is sometimes we're doing it without doing it. It's just <laughs> happening as a part of our progression in life. Sure.
1: Yeah, I would agree. You know, and sometimes that's when. Like you said, we we suddenly wake up and we've got more energy and we're going, what the hell happened? And then we realize that we put some of that stuff down or we've integrated and accepted those parts of ourselves.
0: Right, right. And on that integration, I I was just inspired with kind of an idea just as sort of a mental exercise. But earlier on, we were talking about who we truly are is all of the things you know Mm -hmm. all of our personal characteristics so i i would say you know looking at my other page of note here which is stubbornness versus persistence how about as an exercise a person could write down seven or eight of those things that they think are negative or detrimental like stubbornness And things like that, write down a list of seven or eight or 10 of them, and then play the stubbornness versus persistence game and see if you can look at that characteristic that you have claimed is yours, but in a negative connotation, look at their characteristic and see if there's a way that you can see it in a positive light or in a positive connotation. And that in itself might accomplish some shadow work simply by reversing into saying, "Oh, I'm a you know I'm I'm a fat old guy." Well, I'm not fat. I've lost sixty pounds. I'm not old. I'm still in my fifties, and so I'm pretty damn healthy for my age.
1: There you go. go and ahead. take
0: take some of those words that we use against ourselves. You know, stubborn, or cranky, or lazy, or poor, or whatever. And you know, I'll use poor as an example, although I usually stay out of money and politics. But Mm -hmm. if I wrote on my list poor, I could look at that and say, I'm not obsessed with making every penny that I possibly can with every moment that I have. I'm comfortable living with a roof and being who I am. So no, I'm not poor. I'm not money obsessed. I'm not. Trying to play this treadmill game of societies trying to be better and better and better. I'm coming away. And...
1: Stuff. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, so sometimes being poor just means. I mean, technically, the Dalai Lama is poor, but I I would argue that he is the wealthiest soul in in the world right now. Exactly. So I'd yeah, like just an listen. idea of taking some of those shadow words, mm-hmm. if you will. And just looking at them and trying to see if there's a, a stubbornness versus persistence kind of um, positive analog to them.
1: Yeah. Flip the script, like we say. Right. Remember, exactly. Me? Yep. Flip the script. Because suddenly now that stubbornness, okay, if I wasn't stubborn, I probably wouldn't be where I am. Amen. Because nobody, nobody told me I couldn't. I, you're stubborn? No, I persisted. in so when I started writing books. and that was just damn it I'm going to set aside you know 15-20 minutes every day at this time and produce something come hell or high water now that might be seen by some as stubborn
0: but here here you are five or six books into it and a a podcast and a Patreon and a Discord and a website and coffee mugs and I'd I'd say you made a pretty good change there
1: I think so And, and, and you know it has awakened dreams in me that somewhere I buried 50 years ago in terms of I always wanted to write.
0: Your, mm-hmm. book, your book, A Witch's Poetry, which, shameless plug, but it's available on our website through Amazon. Um, again, that's A Witch's Poetry by Elizabeth Chapman your book has inspired me to take the advice that people have been telling me for years that i ought to write a memoir and i've started to block down and outline some ideas for what will eventually be my own book of prose so you have inspired me
1: we'll see and see the thing is too you have to to suspend those internal judgments as it were those shadows that say but you don't write as well as everybody else
0: Oh, I I like the way you said that, though. Internal judgments or intern internal judgmentalists. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Our internal critics are
1: (laughs) definitely. (laughs) Uh, Oh, yeah. They're probably one of the biggest. Some of the biggest ones.
0: So shadow work, um, just to sort of circle back around, Mm -hmm. is not anything to be afraid of. It's Mm -hmm. not. Anymore, as rare as you would think it is, it's actually quite common. We're all doing it all of the time. Even if we don't know it. You could just say that shadow work is a function of per- personal growth whenever we recognize that there is an aspect about ourselves that isn't aligned with that imminent spark within us.
1: And I think that's the perfect way to end it. Before we fall down another rabbit hole. (laughs) Well, yeah,
0: yeah, it'll happen, especially on a full moon, too. I mean, I'm going to be out on the front
1: porch howling here in a minute. Well, there you go. So, with that being said, until the next podcast, and God knows what we'll get up to in the meantime, or along with our podcast, may you find mirth and reverence in all things. Be safe, be kind, and be loved. Witch stones are a divination tool we created as part of our practice that deals with what we call concrete stones, specific types and kinds of energy, and conceptual stones, things and ideas about witchcraft, which can be read with either a seen or an unseen meaning. Recently, we have developed a set of oracle cards using this information. We would like to introduce you to one of these stones right now. Today's Witchstone Spotlight topic is the second set of four mental
0: concept cards within the concept cards group. The 16 concept cards are divided into two sets of eight, mental concepts and physical concepts. Each set of eight has a two-colored border relating to both the elements and to the concept of as above, so below, and as below, so above. Our mental concepts move from above to below with white or air on top and black or earth on the bottom. The air element is associated with thoughts and ideas, which lead to the earth element where some type of personal development takes place. While we've already talked about the individual characteristics of these first excuse me, of these four mental concept cards. Today we're looking at how they can relate to the concept types, mental or physical, the energies, projective and receptive, the corresponding time of year in our year cycle, the corresponding moon phase, and the type of thoughts to process for those on the path. So our second four mental concept cards are Layers and Levels, Witch Blood, Spirit Hand, and the X. All four of these mental concept cards, and indeed all eight of this set, again, lead to a process from the element of air using thoughts and ideas to the element of earth where we manifest our personal development. The Layers and Levels card represents a mental concept with projective energies. Its solar cycle timing is associated with the light half of the year, while its lunar cycle corresponds to the full moon. This card represents the use of thoughts and ideas an air concept to create personal development and earth concept. And the thoughts to process for this card are connections to personal work and questing. The witch blood card represents a mental concept with receptive energies. Its solar cycle timing is associated with the dark half of the year, while its lunar cycle corresponds to the dark or new moon. The card represents the uses of thoughts and ideas and air concept to create personal develop and earth concept. And the thoughts to process for this card are desiring connections to awakenings. Mental concept with projective energies. Its solar cycle timing is associated with the light half of the year, while its lunar cycle corresponds to the full moon. This card represents the use of thoughts and ideas to create personal development. The thoughts to process for this card are desire to working on finding connections. And the X card represents a mental concept with purely neutral energies. Its solar cycle is associated with both the light and the dark half of the year. Its lunar cycle corresponds to both the dark or new and full moon. The card represents the use of thoughts and ideas and air concept to create personal develop and earth concept. The thoughts to process for this card are unknown the stillness. They all, all four of these cards represent the use of thoughts and ideas to create personal development. And each has its own unique thoughts to process, which lead to the lessons within. Our witch bullet card is a mental concept with receptive energies corresponding to the dark half of the year and to the dark or new moon. The layers and levels and spirit hand cards are mental concept with projective energies they correspond to the light half of the year and to the full moon and the x card is a mental concept with purely neutral energies it corresponds to both dark half and light half of the year it corresponds to both dark or new moon and to the full moon before we go we would like to present you with a tip or trick or witchy hint just something to make your day go better, because we live in a mixture of the magical and the mundane.
1: Today's tip trick or witchy hint discusses the idea that timing is everything, or is it? Many witches who perform spell work attempt to match the time of their spell to its intent, or for the type of energy required as a correspondence. One of the most common timing correspondences is, is of course, using that old lunar cycle. A new moon is for new beginnings, a waxing moon for drawing things to you, a full moon for manifesting something important, and, of course, the waning moon for getting rid of things that don't serve you anymore. Another link to timing is the time of day itself, where dawn, midday, twilight, and nighttime are often used for the same purposes as the lunar cycle. Other witches go on to use where the moon is astrologically for different purposes, matching their intent, or even use different hours of the day for different kinds of spellwork. But do you take into account your own personal energies when dealing with the concept of timing? For example, are you a morning person or a night owl? If you have the greatest personal of energy available to you first thing in the morning, that might be the best time for you to cast any kind of spell. You feel it's your strongest, you are the most mentally alert, and your spirit is feeling this is the best time to accomplish anything. There is no point trying to stay up late at night for a particular late night hour or to have that full effect of nighttime if you can't stay awake to do what you want to do. After all, the moon phase is still alive and well in the morning, where you are because it is dark on the other side of the planet at that point in time. Many witches get stuck on the idea that the timing of a spell has to match whatever correspondences they first learned when they began practicing. But why not give yourself the best chance of success at what you need a spell for in the first place and make your magic when you feel most connected to your body, mind, and spirit, regardless of what time it is in your environment. Not only will you have more energy to put into your spell, but you might focus a little more clearly as well. But hopefully, you know that you can cast a spell at any time, especially when you really, really need to do so. And that's always the perfect time to make magic. Well, it looks like the coffee cups are empty for this week. We hope you join us again next Tuesday, but you can find us at our website, TwoYoungCrones.com That's the number two Young
0: Crones. We'd love to have you join our growing online Discord community. Check out our new Patreon presence. Just look for Young Crones Cafe. Through Patreon, you'll be able to make it to our Discord. We are also Young Crones Cafe on Twitter and Facebook.
1: Until then, remember, we are witches who work with energies to effect change.
0: We are believers in both imminent and transcendent divine.
1: We are celebrants of the passage of the solar and lunar cycles.
0: We are hedge walkers who pass back and forth between the worlds of the magical and the mundane.
1: We are seekers of knowledge.
0: And we are walkers of a spiritual tradition we call the path. So mote it be. So